Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Micron Podcast. Well, if you have been in the position of asking for an urgent 2K, you perhaps will understand the conversation for today. Things have become so difficult in our country because of the increased price of petrol, which has affected the prices of all the commodities in the market. Um, the federal government says it is working on uh, efforts to cushion the effect of the removal of subsidy, part of which is going to be handing out cash or money uh, as much as 8,000 naira to the poorest households in the country. They told us that it's going to be about 12 million households. The question is, how did you select these people? How do we know those who need the 8,000? What is 8,000 naira in the economy of today? So many questions begging for answer. But the federal government, uh, President Tinubu, uh, during the week, had come up to say, we're going to review uh, the 8,000 naira palliative to be uh, sent out to Nigerians based on the agitation and the, the discussion and the controversy that that has caused. But at the National Economic Council meeting, it does appear that they will still go back to giving out this money. Is it going to be 8000 or less or more? People are saying that that money does, cannot do anything. Can they do more? Do they have more to give? And who are these people? How did they capture them? This social register that uh, is supposed to be used, some of the state governors have criticized it. They said it is not enough or it is not... Uh, uh, the propriety of that register is not guaranteed. That they, in their state, at the local level, know those who need this money. And as such, there might be some kind of new register. Who are those that will put up this register? How can the money get to the hands of the people? And that's why we're having this conversation. So let's get on to it tonight. I have joining me um, Mr. Amzat Lawa, who is the founder of Follow the Money, an initiative uh, of the civil society community to track monies within the public space. And also, he's the founder of Connected Development. Thanks so much, Anzal, uh, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank and I have uh, Joe Abuku, who is uh, the communications uh, head at uh, the National Social Safety uh, Net Coordinating Office. Joe, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you, Sharon, for having me. Yeah. What we are going to be doing tonight, no holds but we say the way it is. We're going to deal with the issue and make sure that the Nigerian people get the fact of the matter. After all, if World Bank is giving 800 million US dollars, we are the one that is going to pay this money back. If the Nigerian people are getting the money, we need to be sure that this money is getting to those who need the money. And it's not getting into other people's hands. You remember what happened in the case of the Indomie, the popular, how they ordered the Indomie. Simple, common Indomie during COVID. They were hoarding it. So let's get to it. Amzikot, thank you so much. 8,000 Naira. The president said they were going to review, but it looks like from the body language and what came out of the National Economic Council meeting, they're still going ahead with that initiative. Well, hmm. When you look at the World Bank uh, Development uh, Report, 
It says that uh, for the past five months, over 50 million people have, you know, entered the poverty line. So, and when you break down 8,000 naira, the government says don't distribute this in the next six months. So in a household, let's say we have six people in a household, so father, mother, and four children. Uh, that's less than even 50 cents for each individual per day. What can a thousand naira do for a household for a month in the spread of six months? So the reality is, I think everyone in Nigeria right now needs palliative. Mm. If we want to look at the current reality. Before now, we say over 86 million people were poor. During COVID-19, it went into over 100 million people. With the removal of subsidy, with inflation, uh, over 22%. You know, uh, the cost of everything has literally skyrocketed. So, uh, yes, we know that palliative is definitely needed, but we need a palliative that is well thought through. Because uh, what we are currently doing is more of a feeding bottle federalism. More like how this local government, the state, and the federal government continues to share park allocation. So now they're saying let's even extend you know, some of the crunches that are left on the table to people who are saying, oh, yes, the economy is bad and let's give them something. So uh, I think that, you know, we need to review how we're going to give palliative. And, and let's even look at it. What do we pay out of pocket for? Now is the cost of public transportation. So if you have a job, before now it takes you 215 naira to 500 every day to commute. Now it takes you about 1,000, 1,500 per day. So public transportation is what people pay out of pocket apart from public transportation mm. is feeding everybody was fed was feed so now people do not even know what they will eat tonight let alone what they will eat tomorrow another is health care this is something that takes people's money from out of pocket and then maybe education that's school fees and now unity schools have increased you know the fee for education so i think if we want to think through this palliative why can't we have government invest all of this money in all of this sector I've mentioned so that people would not have to worry about healthcare, education, public transportation, you know? Um, we have grain reserve. Uh, who are we reserving this grain for when people are dying of hunger? Again, I think they need to be deep thinking around how do we target people that need this palliative, particularly in for grassroots community on what we call low-income households. It's interesting and uh, that when the increment came on the price of fuel, it was about 159%. And immediately I knew that if that happens, the prices of almost every commodity will be at almost at the same percentage. So if you, for example are buying a bottle of water and is that at uh, about 100 naira for example t multiply it by t by 159 percent but now in the last one week or so the fair price have gone from over 500 naira to 610 the people who are crying about uh hardship and uh, increase in this and that will have to in fact pay more because it's gone uh, way higher but hamza do you have confidence if at all government decides well 
Let's not deceive ourselves. What bank has said, has said that they will give the 800 million US dollars? And they have set the criteria, and that is their practice. They will give you something and they will tell you how to use it. In fact, the money will not even get into your hand as a government. They will have, they, you must show the kind of system or the manner in which you will disburse such money, even if it's for project, and they will monitor it. So they said, you must give this money as social safety net. So we don't have a choice, do we? You understand how this works. Um, and that the fact that this money is going to be shared, do you have confidence in the manner in which monies are al always being shared in this country? So when the previous administration said they were going to get 800 million from the World Bank, the first thing we did was to write the World Bank. You know, Connected Development and Budgets have this initiative um, in collaboration with the World Bank, which is Partnership for Amplified Voices. So we wrote the World Bank, and we met with the World Bank country director and the country team, who gave us a breakdown of the how they intend to, you know, provide these credits to the Nigerian government to provide palliative when the removal of subsidy, you know, is being put to effect. And all they were waiting for is for the government the National Assembly to write to approve this, and then the federal government through the Ministry of Finance writes them so they can access it. But that money is there. So, do I have confidence in it? I have a bit of a knowledge on the social investment, particularly the conditional cash transfer, but I call it the conditional cash payment because if it was the transfer, it will move from one account to the other, so there will be a money trail. You know, but now you put heaps of money. So the previous administration, what they did was they were counting money. I was in Nansara, I was in Anambra State, and to be fair, I observed, you know, the distribution of this money to people and other people and people from, uh, you know, low-income household. Connected Development also supported the federal government to build what you call the grievance mechanism. It was hosted by us, you know, where we brought stakeholders and we built a system so when people are aggrieved because mind you there was report at that time where officials will give money to people who are meant to benefit from this uh social investment or palliative and then someone in another corner will be waiting to collect some part of it so that's why we came up with this you know mechanism working with the government so but do i have confidence if it will be the same way no i wouldn't have confidence if it's going to move from account to account so from you know, where you can go to the accountant general's office and then you can access how this money moved. Indeed, who are these people that are benefiting? You know, you can actually, uh, because you have BVN, you have me. Is it if it's tied to BVN? So you can see how it's moving. And then when we, that we follow the money, we can then go to this community and verify that, okay, truly, you know, this the money moved from the federal government account. But most of these people we are talking about are now bankable. Exactly, because they don't have bank accounts. So they, banks, so, so sure, I think they, there are no branches of banks in their area. There's an opportunity here to actually integrate people into the financial the system. system, and I think this is where we need to think through. So, if you go to East Africa, particularly Kenya, today they pay with their mobile phone, you know, using M-Pesa. This is something we can integrate. There's no local government you go to in Nigeria today where you don't have at least one um, mobile network. You know, so why can't we build a mobile payment platform so that this money goes into their wallet or their mobile number becomes their bank account because that's what happens with M-Pesa. And then you can pay for goods and services. And let me tell you what this does with data. 
it shows what are people using this money for because again as government to plan effectively you need to know okay this eight thousand era what did they spend with it did they buy food did they pay for hospital did they pay for education you know so that would also help government to plan to say okay since they're maybe uh, you know 70 percent is using this to buy food how can we also you know arrest inflation and the cost of food in the market you know if it's for healthcare yeah. how can we strengthen primary healthcare center so again if they do this palliative the same way if that's what the government intends to do then there's no confidence in it i'll come to joe now uh, and the statistics available show that it's just less than 40 million nigerians less than um 30, 30 about 36 percent of the nigerian adults over the age of 18 are bank so it tells you that uh, there are millions of millions of people who may not be able to get uh, these monies but uh, the controversy around the social uh, register some of the governors are not happy uh, joe and uh, your office pretty much um coordinated the social register which your office say is in fact is the most dependable on the largest uh, 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 social register uh, that we can find around. Is it true uh, that um, your your register has its problems? Well, I wouldn't, nothing is 100%. So first of all, I'll say we stand by what we say that the National Social Register is the most comprehensive database of poor and vulnerable households in Nigeria. We stand by that. How many, how many people are captured? As of now, 61 million people from about 15 million households. So that includes sometimes in some cases for parents and children. There are cases of single uh, households as well, but like a total of 61 million individuals. And but do you have the regional spread? Sorry? The regional spread of these uh, of these households. Regional where spread. They, where we can find them. Uh, how many do we have in the southwest? Out well, of these 15 million? How many do well, we have I mean, in the not to, I may not be able to reel that off the top of my head. can share. We have a summary that breaks it down by states. Mm-hmm. Uh, every state has its entry in terms of it's broken down into individuals, households per state. You can break it down further on gender. You can break it down by even people with dis- consuming, get people with disabilities who are in the register. Mm-hmm. So don't take our word for it when it comes to the National Social Register. We have, like, I mean very reputable establishments that have interacted with it and used it to deploy uh, interventions. You have UN agencies like UN Women. They've used it uh, for programs across about nine states. The UNDP, uh, uh, they've used it. International Labour Organization, ILO, during COVID, mined from the social register uh, to deliver programs. UNICEF. And this is over the last seven years? Absolutely. Absolutely. the conditional cash transfer, which uh, uh, Hamza spoke about, mined from the social register as well to pay about 1.9 million households over the period uh, the program started. Tony Elumelu Foundation. Now, these are organizations or establishments I've called are not ones that will touch your data with a 10-foot pole if the integrity is questionable. The UN system, you know, the quality checks, they take the mined uh, data, go verify themselves. They don't just grab a list we give them and run with it. They go to the field themselves, uh, verify before they use it. So it's by far... How do you determine, Joe, uh, who is a poor person in Nigeria? 
or a poor household? Very interesting question. So, um, we live, we don't have a one size fits all definition of, I mean, whose poor poverty is that applies to, I mean, of course, we know, I mean, deprivation in terms of uh, uh, quality of life and all, but we leave that definition to the communities. Now, the way the National Social Register is built, uh, once the federal government, represented by the National Social Safety Net Coordinating Office, signs an MOU with states for the building or development of the register, states take that process and run with it. They set up an office, they recruit civil servants within the state civil service to man that office within the state's ministry of planning. And that's because the, the social register is a planning tool for, I mean, development, uh, social assistance, different levels of uh, uh, programming. Now, so it is not true that the government, the states are not part of the no, social the, register. The states have played a big role. The states are the ones that even cascaded down further to the Some local Some of the governments have denied the national social register. So let's look at it this way. Uh, we have, if my math is right, close to 50% of governors in Nigeria today are new people. Uh, handover notes are what they are. They can be bulky, the size of encyclopedias. It's possible some governors haven't got to the benefit of a proper briefing or maybe haven't gone through the entire uh, handover notes. They would come to see that the register is uh, a, very, uh, a very solid asset in their hands because the register doesn't just speak to individuals who are poor and vulnerable. In every state, we have what we call the community profile. It tells for every, we've been to 170,000 communities across the country in building the register. That's the, the community the register touches. Community is sub word. So a word might have 10, 20, 30 communities. That's the level uh, we go down to in building the register. Now it tells for each community, uh, you can see its closeness to a health center. Does it have motorable road? Is there a market? Is there a school? There must be a landmark. bank? Yeah, so that's, so governors can use that and cite which communities lack water, which communities lack health centers. That's something they should do. I believe they'll come to, I mean, they'll get a proper briefing if the, for those who haven't already. But in terms of how the register is built, it's at a community level. We do what we call community-based targeting, where teams recruited at the state level, I mean, at the local government level by the state structure, go into communities, meet with the uh, gatekeepers or leaders at that community level, and then agree a date where they meet with community members the community members are then asked to define poverty within the context of the community. They know themselves. That definition, I mean, I mean, once they agree a definition, they are broken into groups of men on the one hand, women, youth, and in some cases, persons with disabilities. Each group is then asked to list the households within their community they consider to be poor and vulnerable. So the men will have their list, the women will have their list, the youth, and like that. Eventually, they will come together in plenary. It's quite a democratic process. They come together to agree on a list. Some, some might say, no, uh, Sheon is not poor. Sheon has a relative. He might live in this hut, but he has a relative in abroad who sends him money or he has stuff like that. Eventually, some names might be knocked off, but at the end of the day, all three lists are harmonized, and a, I mean, a harmonized list is agreed. Now, that list is made in three copies. The community nominates representatives who keeps a copy of the list. Another list stays with the local government. Note that there's a local government official, development officer, mm -hmm. who's part of that process. And then the third list goes to the state office, the state operations coordinating unit, who then deploys enumerators. So it's like a, a quad, 
quadruplet copies of duplicate. Yeah, the idea is to ensure nobody snakes a name or nobody takes out the name that has been agreed by that community. It's to avoid the high to prevent the hijack. So is the register digital? Sorry, the register. National Social Register is it digital? Well, it's digital. Well, then is it possible that any Nigerian, wherever you may be, can access, can look? For example, I come from a community from my state. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that I go onto your database and be able to find those who are in my community uh, that are in need of help? Yes, that's possible. Let's assume there's a Sheun Okin Foundation, and you want to do something for the poor farmers in your community. You want to give them fertilizer subsidies or you want to sponsor out of school children to school you it can i mean the, the register is such that you can zoom in you can do I have to come to your office yes you have or, to go, no you, mean, cannot, you can do go I, to the state office okay and but is there a way that i can go is there any site website so that i talking, can I mean, visit and be able to access it so due to data protection laws okay. we are not able to publish 61 me i mean first of all how do you even want to publish it, it reminds me of the u.s health uh health insurance in where people were mandated to publish names of yeah that'll be a huge pile of information you need to come through it's like looking for a needle in the haystack but that's not the reason it's more of data protection you can't just put people's name but when there's, if you apply to verify or to mine for a program, we have systems in place to give you access to what uh, you want. People have done that. We have reporters who have come to our office uh, to, we, we gave them, I mean, the sample size they requested. They went Without invoking the information bill? They, no, you they, don't have to. You don't okay. have to. A simple email to uh, our office or to the state's um, operations coordinating unit will give you the access. So for, a, we don't for, hide for, it. For, for for the sake of an organization like uh, Follow the Money and Code, mm-hmm. we might want to uh, double check on the process. How do they go about? Do they have to? Uh, sure. go, yeah, we've written them. They didn't give us access to the register. Well, yeah, I'm I mean, not I sure because it, it, it seems like what he's saying is, you know, I, I'm surprised because mm-hmm. I remember at that time when this register was ready. And we as civil society, I remember particularly me and Sean Oniginde, we said, you know, can we have access to this register? Even including Serap. You know, you say, okay, this is a register of the poor of the poor. We all work at the grassroots. Connected Development has 35,000 people, young people working across the 36 state and the FCC. In every local government, we ask them for access to this register to verify, you know. And I remember we also attended a few consultative meetings when... Um, uh, Mrs. Ways was uh, leading on the social investment from the uh, vice president's office. But after she left, you know, and it was moved to the Minister of Humanitarian Affairs, honestly, it became shredded in secrecy. That, that's something I will strongly, I mean, uh, refute. Uh, we, are, we are open, like I said. There's a journalist, his name might ring a bell. His name is Peter Okanga. I think he does stuff for the BBC as well. He'd come. If you write us, so are you saying you're did giving you, did international you media and you're not giving? No, did you get feedback society? from NASCO when you wrote? Did you get feedback or was it? You, what was the feedback you got? No feedback at all. Well, I mean, no response. I may not be able to speak that, but uh, if you write us or if you go to the state level, go to any. How state, long does it take to be able to get a response? Once you is there a boat that responds to you? No, it's not a boat. I mean, we have real human. I mean, because it's a boat doesn't mean that it is bad. 
I understand. I mean, it's, it's a mechanism. It's an no. AI to be able to help you get an auto response until your specific uh, query can be attended to. Sharon, we all understand data protection laws and policies. In short, I informed the world uh, a, a meta that's Facebook consultation around data and data protection. Then I remember always in a civil society, let's even have a closed door meeting. Bring up this register. Let us query this register. See, there is nothing perfect except God. Data must speak to the language of policy and decision making. I, w- I remember we said, let's even go into a closed door meeting. Bring this register. Let us scrutinize it. Let us audit this register so that we can build confidence to the Nigerian people that truly this data represents low-income households or you know what our government used to call poor people. Well, uh, I, I'm going to piggyback on a couple of. First of all. I wouldn't know the mode. What was the mode of your request? Was it an email? I would advise you, come back. We are open. We, we, we invite people, especially the civil society. We had written to even Sarah once. We had to have a town hall during COVID about a register. So unfortunately, that fell through. But uh, Connected Development and Follow the Money engages with, I mean, I'm sure you engage with UN establishments, but you know the World Bank wouldn't put their money on the register if they can't bank on it. You know, the NHIS mines the register to provide People, many state governments mine it to provide um, health insurance for vulnerable populations. What is your usual, what is your standard, uh, mm-hmm. um, what is your operation oper- operating procedure of uh, getting uh, a data from uh, the, uh, the National mm-hmm. Register? Well, we have a data mining protocol. Once an establishment or an entity or even an individual indicates interest in seeing the data either for verification purposes or for use or to deploy it. Uh, we have a data mining protocol once they meet. Uh, when I shoot a query right now from my email, for example, mm-hmm. as an individual, what should I be expecting? If you shoot a query? Yeah. Well, on the next, the very next day of work, you'll get a response to that query. You know, I don't, again, I don't know the mode in which he, uh, he requested it. I mean, if you ask us to give you... Uh, a spreadsheet that has 61 million names wouldn't go about it that way. They're, like I said, le- define your sample size. Do you want to see the data for uh, a state, a local government, a community? Do you want to see? We are happy to do that. We welcome people to do that because the register doesn't, I mean, it, 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 it doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's the utilization, the interaction with it, the engagement with it that gives it value. Uh, if you have nothing to hide, why won't you give me the entire register? Why won't you give me access to the register? Again, Sharon, I work in the 36 states. I don't want to get that of space. I want the national register. You call it the national register. Give civil society access to the national register. Let us query if you have nothing to hide. If you say that this register is encompassing, if you say that you know, you've worked with different development partners to build this register, and, you know, it has been endorsed by a different entity. Mind you, Nigeria is a sovereign country. If the federal government bring any register today to the World Bank or the UN system, they would accept it because it is from the federal government. So you can't tell me, oh, because, you know, the World Bank is giving you money or because, you know, some other entity have used the register. That does not mean that the register, you, you know, it, it doesn't have loopholes, you know. So, again, if you want us to have a robust debate and conversation, you need to give us access to the National so Register. So how do we even engage in Nigerian people? Is, is it you possible, to be uh, At Rennie Rodig, Rod, Rodig uh, 1142, um, SM on Twitter space, uh, Europe up next. Please go ahead. 
Hello, you still muted. SM. Oh, okay, can you hear me? Okay, now? we can hear you now. Please go ahead. All right. Um, good evening, everyone. Um, what me I'm concerned about is that uh, we should make sure that um, the social register should be should be checked very well. Uh, at least the other person on the on the line you should please go um, she try and send a letter to them again and help us find out. Because we, we Nigerians are wrong, we really worried about that register. We, are, we just don't want this money to go to the wrong hands because we are okay with the money going to this um, poor of the poorest. We understand that um, this 8,000 may not be for everybody who may, because not all of us need that 8,000. And what we expect is that um, according to the neck meeting and the, the other governors, they were planning other palliative um, in the terms of um, uh, uh, bosses for 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 so in 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 reduced price that will help again they can get transportation working they, they can like the other state the way other states are doing like bonu and all the way they produce buses for for the farmers to use in going to their to, to the this in, even in the urban area if we have buses available and we can get uh, transport at a cheaper price that will help a lot um so we won't have to feel the the, the subsidy removal um, um, pain a lot while we wait for better solution to come from the federal government um, thank you that's my own submission fantastic thank you so much sm uh straight to the point and very uh thoughtful also at ibirogba 2000 you're up next please go ahead thank you good afternoon Shil, and uh, good afternoon to everyone on the space uh, uh, mr joe and amsa uh, i listened carefully to this both submission and i will start this way i want to say to be honest and to be fair to mr joe i, I think there is also what they call data protection you can't obviously provide um uh, what they call it 61 million people that are just give it to any uh, to any uh, organization that just shows up and say please provide me this information maybe if you come with uh, pi uh, that's the um, information this thing what they call it freedom of information bill yes maybe if you come with that i don't know how that one will apply in that kind of situation but you have to also be very careful in this new world that we are in if data protection is a big business and anybody can sue anybody say oh why did you provide this information for <laughs> for the whole for people to see you know so you have to be very very careful sharing people's information that's one then two quickly um speaking to the you also raised another talk about uh 8,000 Naira and passing it to the governors and all of that. Yes, a lot of us have concerns about the governors and maybe you carefully using the word credibility and all of that. But if you want to also be honest, I think the governors, when they are, when they are honest in a way, you will get them, they, will be, they know the people that, they, they know how to reach out to the people that are really of the poorest of the poor. Take for example, you cannot see that the federal government should go and be reaching out directly to the poor people in Borno State. The governor of Borno State, as of now, I think he knows them more than even the federal government. That's the reality, you know. And we have to also need to also begin to work towards federalism if we want to uh, work in that direction. So that is just that. Then also, I hope you allow me, then also uh, you also want to think of um, the correctness because sometimes some other people is the register now speaking to mr joe is the register always up to date the last time you did it i don't know when you did it maybe 2019 or so is, what is the current situation now how do you get it up to date as 
uh, as an ongoing process. I think th those are just my three concerns. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your intervention. What are your closing thoughts about this register? The, some of the governors are fighting your register. The integrity is being questioned. But then, uh, in your closing remark, what would you have to say? I can assure you for free, the governors will come to embrace the register, those who genuinely have doubts against it. I mean, they'll definitely come to embrace it and it will become an asset. It's almost impossible for them to to to, to, to to go out with the piloting without this no, register. No, they, they would. And something they said in that next meeting that we was we were excited about, they said they will uh, subject the register to an integrity test. We are going to sleep. I mean, to, and to, I mean, we're going to sleep. We're not losing sleep over that because we know the test would come out uh, uh, and speak to the integrity of the register. Someone had quickly asked about data update. We do data update uh, started really every two years. But then again, if users of our data uh, try mine it and try to go and uh, use it for programs, if they give us feedback, those updates are instant if there's something really uh, questionable. And I, I, I wish to tell those listening that, look, this journey started in 2016. Prior to now, we didn't have this sort of database. I mentioned Brazil earlier. Earlier, it took Brazil 15 years to get to the stage where Nigeria got within a number, uh, uh, five years. So, yeah, there'll be small teething issues, but I mean, the data, the quality is being stepped up uh, by the day. And then I'll say to people, those who think my my code discussion spoke about it earlier, who think 5,000 doesn't mean much, 8,000. We get that for people, a certain category of people, that wouldn't mean much, but. There are people in the rural areas, in parts of the, even in urban slums or urban areas, that it, it makes a difference to. Would you rather it's 5,000 or 8,000 added to whatever they have or what they don't have? So nobody will say, no, I don't think 8,000 means little. So take it away. It always create an addition, a great additional value for them. And let's look at those funds that's been pumped into the economy. It's going to stimulate the economy in different ways as well. I don't buy into the inflation narrative we talk about because. Uh, I see it pumped into the economy as something that will bring other benefits. But overall, the NSR is robust, the integrity is top-notch, and uh, we'll hear back from the governors when they subject our register to an integrity test. Hamza, your closing remark. Uh, well, first, we need to look at the social investment, conditional card transfer, we need to audit it. You know, uh, We need to audit it holistically and see what is the impact, what is the gap. Where are the leakages? For the register, if the uh, if the office had given us access to it, we'll be the one advocating and champion and telling the governors that you don't have to put it through an integrity test because civil society organizations have already done that, which would save us time and resources. But I look forward to engaging your office and getting access to the register. If we can publish register of uh, voters in their various polling units, why can't we have access to the register? Thank you. I'm so cool. uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm almost, almost <laughs> tempted to call you what we call you outside yeah, of the studio. Hamza yeah. Lawa, thank you so much. Founder of uh, Follow the Money and Connected Development. Thank you so much thank indeed you for your time. You. And Joe Abuku, who is the communications head uh, with the National Social Safety Net Coordinating Office. Thank you so much indeed. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it. My pleasure. There you have it, everyone. Nigeria's National Economic Council resolved not to use a national social register used by the Muhammad Buhari administration to implement for the conditional cash transfer. There is question marks on the integrity. 
the state governments want the process decentralized. With that, there is being a concern that the process may be politicized. The social register distribution is likely going to be done through digital means. Here's a loophole that is being identified. The poorest 25% of Nigerians are likely, if not totally unbanked and don't have access to a telephone, as it has also been established in the course of our conversation. The social register is a planning tool and not a platform for disbursement or cash transfer means. How up-to-date is a register? How clean is it? There are also questions of data protection, especially as it relates to independent bodies having access to run integrity tests on the database. In all, there seems to be no established verifiable system that has effectively captured the poorest of the poor and the means to disperse them to, uh, without the money getting into the wrong hands. Data is a new oil, they say, and we should let data guide us. We have also heard here today we, that we need to make the right decision in making an impact in small communities where deserving households get the money to cushion the impact of the recent few subsidy removal. Hmm. A lot to chew on. And the coming days, we see all of this play out. Well, let's keep on and let's keep hope alive. I know you're going through a lot as a Nigerian, wherever you may be, in the interior part of Nasarawa or in the very remote village of my Inquara. Keep on, and we know that one day we will overcome. It will get better and always get better. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching tonight. I'm sure Kimbale. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Mike on Podcast with Shayono Kimbaloi.